0: For more than a century, California's approach to incarcerating people has gone mostly like this. Incarcerate them. Sure, there has been some rehabilitation programs, but they've had spotty results. But now there's a program that helps incarcerated folks not only develop skills, but also reimagine themselves. As people who could have lives after serving long prison terms, as scholars. This small young program gives them a way to earn something many of them have never dreamed of getting. A bachelor's degree. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. Today, we're gonna talk about this new educational opportunity for those on the inside, and life for them afterwards.
1: I would like to
0: introduce to you the very proud graduating class of 2021 from California State Prison in Lancaster. If we could give them a round of applause as they walk in. This fall, LA Times reporter Colleen Shalby attended a college graduation, but the setting wasn't a university campus. It was a California State Prison located in the desert city of Lancaster in Los Angeles County. She was there to cover the inaugural graduating class of a pioneering educational program run through Cal State, Los Angeles. Colleen, welcome to the Times.
2: Hi, thank you for having me
0: So the ceremony, who was there? What was going on?
2: Well, first of all, it was exceptionally hot. Um We were sitting on the prison yard. There was a stage that was set up on the basketball court um you know, the families, the friends that were in the crowd were basically fanning themselves with the program, so that's that's kind of what what the conditions were there. Uh, there were 25 graduates connected to the prison that made their way through the yard that were going to graduate that day. And also there were the professors who were instrumental in this program. There was um, staff, staff connected to the Cal State prison system. And then there were families. And I mean, you know, that was pretty powerful to see these families reunite. Um, some of them hadn't seen their, their loved ones in months. Um, some hadn't seen them in you know nearly a year. And to see them kind of reunite in this way and, and witness something so powerful for them, I think, was really was really incredible to see. I I, I watched a, a grandmother enter the yard and she saw her grandson and just broke down into tears and was just, you know, utterly, utterly happy. You could see the emotion just all over her.
0: That's pretty cool that people who had already actually previously gotten their degrees showed up to support those folks and also just to get acknowledged.
2: Right. So I also attended the graduation at Cal State L.A. in July, where some of these graduates, you know, got their diploma. They walked with their cap and gown and they returned to support their former classmates. And a couple of them spoke and cheered on their friends who they hadn't seen in quite some time.
0: Incarcerated folks, they've always been able to attain college degrees. So what makes this program so unique?
2: So this is a Bachelor of Arts program, and there have been considerable associates programs, but really were unable to move forward beyond that. And so the Cal State LA program uh, was implemented in 2016, and it gave a communications degree to the students. And communications is really instrumental, I think, from hearing the professors and hearing the students just helping the students rewrite their narratives and be able to communicate their past, their future goals um, in a different way than they had been able to do so previously.
0: And what are the qualifications necessary? If somebody incarcerated at Lancaster is interested in this, do they have to like show good behavior or is there an acceptance process through it?
2: So the biggest thing is that they have to have their associate's degree um, and they. Right. So that's that's kind of the precursor to this program is that there has to be some education. And I think, you know, an expressed interest in wanting to continue getting an education. So that is a big thing. And then also, yes, like you have to be in, in good standing, I think, to be um, brought in and accepted into the program. And as far as I know, those are kind of two of the, the key metrics there.
0: There was one Cal State L.A. professor in particular who helped to make this program a reality.
2: Right. Uh, Bidan Chandra Roy, he is an English professor at Cal State LA and he was the one that kind of got this off of the ground. He was volunteering at the prison through a different program, uh, something called Pause for Life. And through that, he launched a writing program at the prison and was teaching people, you know, uncredited hours, but teaching them writing skills. And really developed a sense that these were people who wanted to learn more, but maybe were not given the full ability to do so and wanted to kind of invest in them and invest in their lives. And he took this idea to another person at Cal State LA, Taffney Lim, who really advocated to go forward with this program. And, you know, the two of them and, and help with a lot of other people at Cal State LA and through California State Prison got this off the ground.
0: You were able to speak to professor roy after the lancaster graduation
1: right well i'm feeling very proud a little tired because putting the event on was uh, rather hard but um just very proud like to see uh to see this kind of it's not really an end result it's a it's a step
0: Again, it's like, quote unquote, regular college where you have I, I teach at a community college. So I have students, you see them just in one semester, start in one particular place. And as you encourage them to dig into themselves, to write about themselves, you turn into a completely different person. And that's just in one semester. I could only imagine with these folks that you see huge transformations.
2: You know, I met with Alan Burnett and Tin Nguyen, whose sentences had recently been commuted a couple of years ago or within the past year. And we met at Cal State LA and they really talked about that, about how they had this perception of themselves. They had this perception of what their futures could look like. And they kind of threw that future away a little bit. You know, Tin talked about how he um, would gamble on on the prison yard and a mentor kind of pulled them away from that and said, hey, like, I want you to start looking at education. I want you to start digging into some books. Um, and Alan had a similar story where he, you know, was thrown into this world of education and, you know, talked about reading Thoreau like from his cell and connecting with this idea that, you know, his life could kind of be more than just this, this space that he had come to know for a couple of decades.
0: Yeah. The Thoreau's line, lives of quiet desperation, that, uh- rings with a lot of people i can only imagine for the incarcerated
2: yeah yeah that's what he said he said you know i i said i'm I'm sure thoreau wasn't writing this with the intention of connecting with somebody who was in prison but that's kind of a transformational moment i think for for him
0: then the program itself what's its official name how does it work is it like zoom classes in-person instruction something else because of the pandemic
2: Yeah. So before the pandemic, um, the professors were going in regularly to teach classes. There is a classroom in the prison that kind of backs up to the prison yard. uh, So there's access to whiteboards. There's access to computers without Internet. Um, Professors, you know, bring in books. The the students have access to learning kind of like you would expect in a normal classroom, um, minus some of the technology use. During COVID, they had to switch gears a little bit. So there was more, you know, recorded interviews and just kind of working with the prison to figure out how to get these students the elements that they needed to study without being able to be there every single day um, because of all the COVID safety requirements. But um, the program, they they call it a B.A. prison initiative at Cal State L.A. It launched in 2016, It um, got funding actually from the Obama administration for part of this second Pell Grant um, initiative that gave money to a handful of different college programs across the nation that were trying to launch um, programs like this and get it off the ground.
0: We'll have more after this break. Colleen, out of that original class, uh, what was the graduation rate? So far there have been
2: 37 graduates. Um, one of the graduates, unfortunately, died from COVID just past mm. year. There were a few that did have to transfer to different prisons, and I believe that the program started initially with 45. The capacity for it is something that they're trying to increase, but obviously, like, it takes so many resources to be able to do something like this. So I think that the hope going forward is that they could expand, but um, they're not entirely sure what it will look like, um, just, you know, given, I think, the demand. Um, Taffany Lim, who's one of the, uh, the coordinators of this program, she said that she's been getting emails from families you know, connected to different prisons, kind of asking how their loved one could get involved in a program like this. And currently the program is only at the, uh, the prison in Lancaster. But I think that there's also hope that programs like this are going to continue to
0: launch elsewhere, too. You spoke to a couple of formerly incarcerated people who had actually graduated this past summer, but were there at the Lancaster prison graduation.
2: I did, I spoke to Alan Burnett pretty extensively and Tin Nguyen and Alan had been released in 2020.
1: And in that time frame, I started going to Cal State LA, you know, professors are coming in and you know, we're, we are teaching the professors about life without parole, what it feels like to be isolated, to be told that you're not worthy and you should die in prison because that's what it is, death by incarceration. Mm-hmm. And then they're telling us about you are worthy you do deserve an education. You do deserve to, you know, to sit in this space and have this come up, these this, this conversations with us.
2: And Tin was released in 2019, but he actually had to make a detour. Uh, he was picked up by ICE for a little bit before he was fully released.
0: If you give us an opportunity, a chance, you know, I mean that we we can change. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that uh, if you allow us to, if you give, if you give us some some kind of full redemption, we can not change. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, what we did was, you know, I mean, was horrific, but a person should not be judged by, you know, I mean, like just one mistake that the whole life. I'm not the same man I am was back then, that young, immature, impulsive, violent, dangerous, angry guy. When the community society allowed me to uh, redeem myself, you know, me to to give me an opportunity to change, you know, uh, I took it. And I think there's a lot of guys out there in prison right now. is all just like me.
2: Um, And I spoke with them over the summer. I attended their graduation and I watched them cross the stage and on their cap and gown and get their diplomas. At Cal State LA. At Cal State LA, right. And they returned to graduation at Lancaster. Um, Alan actually gave a speech, you know, kind of addressing his class, addressing his professors. Tin was there cheering on his former classmates. We got there and he immediately, you know, showed me the different portions of the prison yard and he pointed to this table and he said, that's where I used to gamble. And then immediately after he said, and that one of the former people who he used to get mentored by really at the California state prison, he pointed to this man and he said, and this is the person that kind of encouraged me to change my ways a little bit and get more involved in education. Um, and for both of them, it was, you know, their, their first time kind of being back and, Uh, reuniting with their former classmates and being in this setting again that they hadn't been in quite some time.
0: Has there been any resistance to this higher ed project?
2: As far as I know, um, I have not heard of much resistance. I think that, um, you know, in in speaking with various people, there's the sense that in order to, you know, help transform people, help, you know, better the prison program, you really need to give some some sort of formative uh, programs. And I actually reached out to a group that works with, um, you know, survivors of domestic violence and kind of asked that question. That was something that Alan actually, you know, wanted me to be really aware of. In our first conversation we had, uh, we talked over the phone and he said, you know, I want you to be aware that some people do not think that I'm deserving of this second chance. I'm deserving of this opportunity. And he said, and that's okay. He said, I'm not, I do not want to erase my past mistakes. That is not my intention here. Um, And I know that this is a privilege. So I think that in talking with these students, they were really aware that this was an opportunity that they were getting. And in no way did they expect this to erase their past.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, California's carceral system for generations was like, we're going to put you in and we're going to be as tough on you as possible. Anything else is a luxury and just deal with it because you were convicted of a crime. So stuff like this, It's interesting that people who might usually historically have been opposed to it at least are silent or even saying, yeah, this is something important. This is something that can do a lot of good.
2: You know, and just in hearing from people within the system, outside of the system, it seems like there is this this feeling that if you give people the tools or the opportunity to try to transform in some way, then that's better than just expecting them to kind of sit and be still and you know, kind of waste a life away. And that was, I think, really what the professors felt. Um, But on Roy, especially, he felt like these were people who were, you know, could get invested in education, whose lives maybe could transform in some way. And they just weren't being given that opportunity. And he really believed that something like this could have a big impact.
0: California Governor Gavin Newsom recently signed a bill that would make higher education easier for incarcerated people. What will the new law do?
2: The idea behind it is that more programs like this one, like AA programs, would be able to launch more effectively throughout prisons. And and the hope, I think, is that there would be an expansion in the education system within the prison system in California to give people an opportunity to learn.
0: And finally, Colleen, for those who graduated that you talked to, what are their plans for the future?
2: Um, So Alan and Tin, who were released, are actually getting their master's at Cal State LA right now. And that's the case with some of these other students as well, that they are hoping uh, that they will get their master's. Some of the students who are still in the prison are hoping that there could be a master's program that could launch at the prison. And that's something that I think various professors that I talked to are, you know, kind of discussing right now, if that's a possibility. Um, Also, just getting involved in restorative justice programs, getting involved in programs that will really transform systems that a lot of them grew up in. That was something that Alan spoke a lot about.
1: For me, it's um, it's not, okay, well, I got this certificate, this nice piece of paper. Like, what am I going to do with it? And I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with it. I'm educating people who don't really know about our criminal justice system. Um, talking to people about how childhood trauma is is transgenerational, and how we our trauma develops into this other thing where we can hurt other people. Like they say, hurt people, hurt people, but heal people, help people.
2: You know, he came from a world where he maybe wasn't given the support that he needed to to get from one place to another without falling into kind of this realm of crime. And he really wants to help transform systems like that.
0: Colleen, thank you so much for this interview.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, I talk to food celebrity Dave Chang about, well, everything. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Melissa Kaplan, and Kasha Brusalian. Yay, a new producer. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our executive producer is Jasmine Aguilera. Yay, a new hefa. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rapp, and our theme music is by Andrew Eapin. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to Puccia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and Desmadre. Gracias.